Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What's up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You have joined us for a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. Welcome back to the show. If you're new here, we are the podcast that dives into the catalog and the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. We do it one track at a time. I am your co-host, Mark Kamire, with me as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how you feeling? How's it going? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. We had a little break. Uh, we did the live shows, uh, so we got to take uh, last week off, uh, which means uh, the last, what, three podcasts I recorded this week were all with John Mariano. So I was very <laughs> much looking forward to tonight. Oh, I'm sure uh, everyone needs a, a Mariano in their life, but also everyone needs some downtime from a Mariano, especially <laughs> if your name is Corey Morissette. But hey, look, you keep doing shows with the guy you're just gonna you're stuck with them you're stuck with them for life so it's it's who are we to blame here right good point and we're talking about more so i'm just a glutton for punishment <laughs> you're well no what you are is just an enthusiast of podcasting and uh luckily you have uh such a uh willing to go uh partner in crime as mariana to see you through the way but not this time. This time it's you and me, my dude, but it's not just you and me. No, we are joined by uh, some guests, some people who've been wanting to be on the show. And uh, lo and behold, here we are. Uh, it's been a while, I'm sure, but you've been patient. So thank you. Please welcome joining us on the show, Gene Hickey and David Lee Smith. How are you guys doing today? Very good, guys. How are you? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh can we hear David? Well, I was wondering if all this time you were going to make a David Lee Roth joke out of my name, but other than that, I'm, I'm great. Thank you for having me on here. How y'all doing? <laughs> that would have been too easy. Too, it would have been too easy. And I just figure uh, it, you're, you're joining us on a Van Halen podcast, so why, why bother making that joke? It's probably been done ad nauseum. Am I right? <laughs> I do it all the time with other podcasters. I mean, hey, take the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews podcast, who I'm good friends with. So I do it all the time as whenever the opportunity comes so oh well <laughs> oh well you know just uh it, sometimes i like to go for the not so obvious but thank you both for being on the show we're happy to have you uh let's see uh what what give me just a little bit of background on the both of you uh we'll start uh gino we'll start with you man uh what's what what is your i guess past for lack of a better word relationship with the band van halen um i got into the band probably right in the beginning of the sammy era um, really a credit to my sister. I remember stealing her 5150 cassette, you know, because I thought the, the cover looked cool. And then listening to it, repeat, repeat, repeat. And once Live Without a Net came out, that's really what sold it for me. I remember watching that and just, wow, these guys are having fucking fun up there. You know, I was used to listening to, you know, like Metallica, other bands, we were, it was just way too serious. And Eddie in his pink pants and Sammy wearing God knows what he was wearing. You know, they just having a blast. And I just, from that point on, fell in love with the band and went back. You know, everyone was always saying, got to listen to the old stuff. You got to listen to the old stuff. And I got a uh, fair warning from, uh, it was one of those like Columbia House, uh, BMG, you know, pay a dollar for 10 CDs and they lock in for oh, life yeah. deals. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget the first time I pushed play on that. And I was like, oh, this is what everybody's been talking about. And went through the entire back catalog and been listening to almost nothing but since. Hmm. I'm so that, old. I remember when Columbia hard. House sent uh, LPs, not CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, we've talked about this. Don't don't out your age on the show. <laughs> don't don't let them know. Keep them guessing. Uh, how about you, David? <clears throat> well, I've said this story a couple times on other podcasts, but. Uh, the gist of it is um, I grew up with a little bit of Van Halen. I, I grew up uh, going home after days of school. And um, what happened was I'd have to go to my grandma's house because my mom was still working at the time. So my mom would have to come pick me up at 
my grandma's house. And uh, on those trips home, she would slide in like the greatest hits albums like of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, which is my all-time mm-hmm. favorite. Uh, Van Halen, of course, ZZ Top, Duran Duran, Motley Crue. Those are just to name a few, really. So in particular, when it comes to Van Halen, it was the best of Van Halen Volume 1, the uh, album that had the two DLR tracks and uh, Humans Being. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was that album I remember particularly. So in terms of the DLR tracks that I grew up with, I grew up with Jump, Panama, and The Cradle Will Rock. And the Hagar tunes I grew up with were Why Can't This Be Love and Dreams. I'm sure I've heard a couple more tunes on the radio over the years, um, but I probably was like, um, like say, I, I think I recall hearing the chorus to say, like, finish what you started, but I was like, I think at the time I had no idea that was Van Halen because, you know, DLR Van Halen and Sammy Hagar Van Halen are completely different bands. So I was like, um, I couldn't tell if that was Van Halen or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <clears throat> since I'm a member of the younger generation, um, I got more exposed to Van Halen through Guitar Hero Van Halen, which uh, gave me a deeper dive of the DLR era. And I've loved all, all those songs that were on there. So, But what really set it off for me was when early 2019, when I first discovered the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews podcast, as I mentioned before, um, for you listeners out there who are not familiar with that podcast, you should totally check them out. I guarantee you, you will be entertained with them. But anyway, they talked about Van Halen too, and I was completely entertained by that episode. That's what kind of ignited the fires of me to finally, you know, go all the way with Van Halen. And now Van Halen is my second all-time favorite band behind Stevie Ray Vaughan and Devil Trouble. So that's pretty much it. Well, that's it. They're in good company, I would say, with that list. So uh, well done. Right on. Uh, I am very familiar with the uh, Best of Van Halen Volume 1, as I have explained many times on this show. So uh, kudos to that. Big shout out. So well then, Corey, what say we uh, get right up on to uh, some Van Halen news? Uh, there's only one bit of Van Halen news that I actually have, uh, and it's not even directly Van Halen, it's indirectly Mammoth played at the Ryman the other night in uh, my city of Nashville. And uh, mm-hmm. although I wasn't there in per- on in person, uh, a lot of friends I knew went, saw a lot of video footage, uh, heard a lot of uh, a lot of the set. And I got to tell you, man, there is something truly special in the Van Halen genes per se, because uh, Wolfgang knocked that stuff out of the park. Um it's a great live show. I, I wish I had been there for it in person, but uh, based on what I heard, even in vid- on video footage, uh, it's pretty incredible, pretty remarkable stuff. I can't wait to see him live. I got my tickets for uh, Edmonton, Alberta next year, August, 2024, when Mammoth is opening for Metallica uh, with nice. Pantera. I can't wait for that show. Um, I, I, it must've been something really important on Saturday night that kept you away from a Mammoth concert, Mark. Were you doing your laundry? What was it? Oh, well, uh, Saturday was more of, uh, some prep time because I had a, I actually had a gig myself, uh, on Sunday, which, right. uh, which was, which was actually really, really good. Uh, we had a great turnout considering it was a Sunday night. Um, not a lot of gigs, uh, are well attended on a Sunday typically, but especially local ones, but we had a really good turnout. So, um, if, if it sounds like I am still t- weary from that night, you'd be correct because it's a, it was a weary uh, weekend, um, but a fun one. So unfortunately, Mammoth and, and uh, companies uh, were not on my radar for that weekend. <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, I, yeah. I have a, a couple other pieces of Van Halen news if you want. Uh, you go to the Van Halen News Desk, which we recommend everybody do, vhnd.com. Uh, you know, just a couple little tidbits here and there. There's another great Eddie interview. Uh, Dave Lee Roth released the cover of Mustang Sally, uh, just out of the blue. Um, and, uh, you know, they talk about Wolfgang and Matt Buck on the future of, uh, EVH gear. Oh, and by the by, uh, Sammy Hagar, let it slip that Van Hagar remasters are in the works. They are working on the Sammy Hagar, uh, Van Halen catalog. He said the first album they're starting with, uh, is the live album right here, right now. And then you can expect OU812 and 5150 and and all those to follow suit. So, you know, we've been crowing about that for a while, Mark. Finally, it sounds like it's going to happen. That's amazing news. 
we crowed so loud that he heard us. They all heard us, and therefore they're giving us what we want. It, that's that's the power of having a very loud voice on the internet, you guys. That's the lesson to be learned here. If you yell loud enough, they'll hear you. Um, please understand that I'm being sarcastic. No, this is uh, good news. This is very good news. We've been talking about uh, remastering these particular albums uh, for basically since we started the show so yes uh this is very exciting cannot wait to hear it interesting that they chose to go with the live album first what do you suppose i have no idea and it's important mm -hmm. to know too this is a remaster not a remix and i know a lot yeah, of people yeah. were hoping i think for a remix of uh, ou812 especially and you know that live album could probably use a remix too but um why they're starting with the live one i'm not quite sure gene do you have any theories i don't know it sounds i read the same thing and it just it was a weird one to start with you know, everyone, we've always been clamoring for OU812. We really need to be touched. And, you know, the live album, I mean, the rumor, what, like, he didn't even sing those tracks live. That was all recorded. So it's, yeah. I don't know. Makes no sense. But it's Van Halen. That's what they do. Perhaps there's a, a legal precedence or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, David, you got any thoughts on it? Not really. I was just going to echo with what uh, Gene said. You know, um, uh, like he said, it was... Uh, Sammy had to re-record those vocals uh, for that live album. But yeah, that's kind of an odd choice to start with the live one rather than just going for, say, like 5150 and OEA one too. But yeah, I was just going to echo with what he said. Hmm. Well, uh, nevertheless, it's a, it's a good start in the right direction, I think. So that's uh, some good... Uh, Good Van Halen newsworthy news. So thank you guys. Uh, as Corey said, tune in to Van Halen News Desk. Uh, that they're our friends, and we uh, get all of our basically our, our Van Halen news from them. So if you you don't want to hear it from us secondhand, it just goes straight to the source. Um, so with that said, uh, what say we take a look at last week's rock and poll, Corey? Uh, I believe we did uh, people uh, uh, for the live show uh, bet on fifty one fifty. That's right. And actually, uh, we didn't really talk about the poll for jump either because that was the week oh, before. Uh, kind of ironic. They're both the same score. 86% what dreams are made of, 13% this dream is over for both songs. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't get it. I, I just, I really don't get of, of all the tracks that we were so sure would at least get us the the full clean sweep 100, maybe. I would have I would have said jump or 5150, honestly. Like, because I don't understand how you downvote any one of them, but uh, there you have it. There's always the contrarians, and I don't think we can blame Mariano on this one. I don't know. I held up my finger saying that means uh, that's me saying there's always that there's always going to be that one person, whether you want to admit it or not. Yeah, oh, sure. sure. We've learned we've learned it at this point, but it still uh, yeah. still catches us off guard every time. It's right. so yeah. annoying. I mean, and th there was like at least like 15, 20, you know, of them. That's just how do you downvote jump? I well, mean, I understand that yeah. some people don't don't think it's the their the best Van Halen song. I get it, but still, to downvote vote it, meaning that no, this is no good. Like it's not for me. I just, are you even a Van Halen fan? I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. it it's. Oh, um, excuse me. I was just gonna say maybe it's just. Um, it's kind of difficult for me to explain this stuff. Really, it's like you know, there's gonna be like there's gonna be some of those fans that prefer the balls out rock van halen or or you know whenever they looked at jump it's like oh van halen's going more more corporate direction well you know that's 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 eddie um going in that direction or you, you know it's it's difficult for me to explain really no it, it may be that <laughs> well I'll, I'll just kind of sum up the comments on, on jump we won't go through those ones tonight but uh yeah, sure the only negative thing we ever got from jump is just that it's it's a tad overplayed uh, which how that uh, right. constitutes 13% downvoting it. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It's like you, you guys are actively just choosing to just be contrary to be contrary. Yep. And then on 5150, actually probably our most popular poll, we got like double the votes we normally get uh, yeah. on these polls. So a lot of people voted on this one. So actually a lot more people downvoted 5150. If you want, Mark, we can kind of go through some of the comments here. Let's, let's do it. All right. Our buddies from the Rock Roulette podcast said the bridge non-singing part of the song is a bitch to play. I think that the 5150 time frame is the pinnacle of EVH's playing technique-wise. Uh, personally, great song, Mark from the Rock Roulette podcast. So uh, no I'm argument. not a guitar player, but I imagine it is a bitch to play. Absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you straight up it is. 
good buddy Jonathan Todd said, uh, this song is the best Van Halen tune in the catalog. The live version from Live Without a Net is the best live performance of the song ever. I don't think you're going to get much argument from the four of us on nope. the panel tonight. Uh, Michael Green says, stellar song, becoming a fave of mine, killer intro, awesome vocals. Alex is fire. Just went back and watched Eddie Solo on Live Without a Net. Mind blown. Great show, guys, with some great guests and more podcasts to listen to. So there you go. Spread the love to all the guests that we had on the show. We had the the DLR cast boys and the uh, Bogus Otis guys on the show, and they did a fantastic job. So thanks yes, for that, did. Michael Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast says, 5150 is the police code for someone who's crazy, flipped out. We've got 12% 5150s here tonight. Great quote from Sebi Hagar. <laughs> uh, Robert Cato, uh, I think, uh, echoes a lot of what we're thinking. Sorry, who the hell is voting this one down? Arguably one of the great Van Halen songs of all time. It has everything. Not going to lie, I was hoping that if I ever made the show, this would be my song. Sorry, buddy, it's already off yeah. the wheel, but we still got Josefina from Van Halen 3 for you. So, yeah, uh, you exactly. know, chin up, chin up. Uh, Coach Green says, a great song, one of the best in their catalog. The live version might be better. Yep, it very well could be. Yep, everyone's giving a thumbs up. Hard to agree mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, Jeff Brewer says, great to see the song getting its due here. Hands down, this is the best song on that album and the best song Sammy ever wrote with Eddie Van Halen. Best Sammy lyrics, Ooh. love the live version, love Ed's little harmonics after Sam's running politician line, priceless. I mean, uh, do I think it's the best on the album? Possibly. Don't know if it's the best uh, that Sammy ever wrote with him. That's up for debate, but I, I'm not going to fight you too hard. It, it, top five? Can can we agree on that, maybe? Of the Sammy era? Yeah. What, oh, a thousand percent, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same here. Uh, Daryl says, the song is my top five Van Halen of all eras, and the album is as well. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh bag of e says amazing samsung arguably best of the sam van halen catalog absolutely uh mm-hmm. our good buddies at the deep purple podcast we're going to be on the show mark in march they said yeah uh, a jewel of the sammy era absolutely right uh jeff says my favorite sammy song uh kyle says i love this one so many changes and it never loses its energy correct especially the live version yeah that's just overflowing <laughs> this is energy. all all energy i'm so envious especially after my last show proved to me <laughs> how out of cardio touch i truly am <laughs> uh chris says my favorite van hagar song uh mike griffin says the best van hagar track in my opinion hopefully this gets remastered as sam has indicated that's what's missing in the studio version sounds like you're hearing it played from a tunnel or something live version is killer Yes, yes, it is, and yes, it yes, it does. Yep. Uh, Future Squash seven six seven says that is not Van Halen. Well, uh, guess what? Uh, Eddie, Eddie, and Alex both play on it, so yes, it is fucking Van Halen. It's, like, it's it actually one hundred percent is Van Halen. I don't, yep. <laughs> I don't know what what you're trying to accomplish there. They're, they're still out there. All those people that nope, Sammy said yeah. not, not my Van Halen. Ugh, whatever. Oh, oh, sorry. I was I was just thinking. Uh, since you said, um, since he said that that this is not Van Halen, well, I think another reason why uh, I had this other point in my head is because you know, like I said earlier, DLR Van Halen and Sammy Hagar Van Halen are they sound different in terms of the guitar sound. Like I'm sure a lot of people when they first heard 5150, um, you know, after hearing stuff from the DLR era, like the DLR era of Eddie Van Halen's guitar tone, that's the brown sound that that a lot of people, you know, think that EVH was completely distinctive for, right? Mm-hmm. And um, during the Sammy era, um, a lot of people were like, "You is that really Eddie playing that? I mean, I mean, sure, the album says Van Halen, but that's not the uh, complete, you know, that distinctive sound that he was known for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They sound different. Maybe that's, that's just another point I was wanting to Maybe. point out. I look at it almost as two different bands, you know, I mean, Sammy, like I said before, was what I got the Van Halen I got introduced to, you know, yeah, it's Eddie, Alex and Mike are playing on all that, those, but you know, it's Dave's songs are completely different from Sammy's songs. You know, some, they're not all interchangeable too. Dave can't sing anything of Sammy's. Sammy only sang a couple of Dave songs. And I think that was mostly because of the fans, but it's, you know, I, I almost look at it as two different bands, but just the really awesome guitarist, drummers and bassist. Uh, Scott Monroe says the best Sammy era track and needs to be in the conversation for top five Van Halen songs. So glad you guys also played the live without a net version of the solo. I've always adored the ethereal cathedral like first part, and it was totally worth it when YouTube torpedoed the street. Yes. 
<laughs> they only yeah, did for well, about you know, 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we John Mariano is in the comments. What's that? We were panicking in the comments when it went down. <laughs> Fortunately, it came back awfully quick. Uh, John Mariano says, uh, you know who you are. You are out of the cult. So th this is not Cult of Mariano endorsed the downvoting of 5150. See, yeah, I had faith that John would vote the right way. So, yeah, he's, he's got rogue uh, cult members that are just yep. going crazy. Uh, Ryan Powell, who's also going to be in the show here coming up pretty quick, says, yeah. I watched Live Without a Net before I had worked my way back to discover the album. So that was my first exposure to 5150. So no surprise, it is pretty high on my list as a result. Great job on the episode and representation of two Van Halen eras, not both because there is a third, Mark. I, we all know how much we you do. love uh, Van do. Halen 3, yeah. Uh, well, so far, so far, it's uh, it's it's special. Apologies to Gary, uh, but please continue. <laughs> Which you can now get that shirt on our uh, T Public <laughs> store. The apologies <laughs> to Gary. Yeah, everyone, take a shot. Everyone, yeah, take a shot and please buy a shirt. <laughs> I was I completely forgot about that. I'm going to give a shirt myself. <laughs> <laughs> our good buddies from the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast. Uh, say this song has the honor of being the song that gets better with each play. Mark Fuller says my favorite Hagar era song, especially the live without a net version. I still watch that version on TV at home a couple of times a month, at least. There you go. Mark's living life the right way. I think. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruins fan 71 says coolest riff, easily one of the best Van Halen songs. 8% of you are haters. who know nothing about musicianship. Well, now it's 13. <laughs> so there's even now more it's 13. Fuckers, so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the account Van Halen Lyrics, I think this is the first time they've ever commented on a poll. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking it out. Uh, they say, this episode was a dream come true. What's not to like? The drums kick butt, Sammy's on top of his game, and of course, King Edward rules. Thank you, Van Halen Done. Lyrics. Yep. We well said. Yeah. Comment <laughs> of the night. Uh, somebody said, uh, named David Lee Smith says, my favorite Hagar era song. Great lyrics and a masterclass EVH solo. Al is a standout on here as well. Explain yourself, sir, now that you're on the call. What did you Yes, do, do it. I take back that exact comment that that one person put down right there. That person is exactly right. And I second what he put down. There you go. <laughs> nice. Ah, Greg Zito. Love that the wheel manifested jump for Dave and 5150 for Sammy. Perfect showcase for each singer. I was happy to see how much love 5150 got on the show. This magnificent track is often underappreciated. Lastly, remembering EVH on his birthday and his music. Thank you very much for that. And there's a, he, he yeah, put the man. gift of the EVH lighter uh, uh, nice. flame on there. So that's fantastic stuff. Thank you, Greg. And uh, Tom Armbruster, who I know just tweeted before we started recording here tonight, uh, hoping the wheel manifests something good. That's yet to be determined. But his comments on 5150 were, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Favorite Sammy track, bar none. Two other things. The Simmons drums were there because initially the space wasn't big enough for Eddie and Al to play in the same room. The Simmons kit was smaller, so it fit the space. And two, the 5150, quote, always one more, unquote, connection between the title and the lyric never occurred to me. Get it? 51 and 50 is always one more. Also, mm -hmm. it's not about Eddie and Dave, but it could be. I know we had a commenter who was saying this song is totally about Eddie and Dave. It's not, uh, even the Van Halen no, expert, uh, like, Eric said, said it. it's not, yeah. but yeah, it totally could be. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are the comments. All right. So we still don't understand 13% but it's fine. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, I guess it just can't be a hundred percent any of the time because I can't imagine another track that we haven't spun already that will get the full sweep of what dreams are made of. I, I can't think of one. I don't know. Uh, so that uh, all in due time, but the time has come to go to the infamous wheel. Uh, our two guests, Gene, David, you guys can see the wheel does exist. I feel like we have to point this out every time because people still don't believe us, but you can see it. It's right there. Um, but before we spin it, got to do what we always do. Grab your glasses, your shot glasses, whatever you got. Take a swig because it's time to manifest. We're going to manifest what tunes we want to talk about tonight. And uh, <laughs> if I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but there's a vote already. And I'll tell you that <laughs> vote and I'll tell you that vote in a second. But uh, uh, Gino, let's start with you, my man. Uh, you're on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, what song that we have not spun already are you looking to manifest for tonight's show? Well, since I can't call 5150 again. I'm just watching this wheel spin, hypnotize me, and all I'm seeing is light up the sky going <laughs> round and round. So I'm on a yeah, Van Halen 2 kick lately. I'm going to stick with light up the sky. 
Perfect. That's a Great good call. kick. Great yeah. Call. And that's a, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that one's been circling uh, hypnotically for a while there. Um, so who knows? Uh, how about you, David? What do you, what do you want to manifest tonight? Uh, yes, master. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was hypnotized by the wheel. Like you said, I was caught in it too. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Mark, I know you've been wanting to manifest and a talk about love for some time now, mm-hmm. as much as I would love to manifest in that song myself, because I would love to hear that instead. Um, if you're going to keep manifesting in that song, I'll go for the song that comes right after that on Van Halen one. I'm going to manifest in I'm the one. Ooh, nice. nice. A very nice call. Very good call. Ooh. Uh, okay. I would not be mad at either one of these choices so far. Uh, Corey, how about yourself? Well, I tell you what, I think I came in today in a, a women and children kind of mood. Uh, so I'm thinking uh, everybody wants some would be a good one today. Oh, I'm shocked. We haven't done that one yet. That would be <laughs> so good. Yeah. So that three for three would not be mad. Kind of hope it all happens. Uh, and so therefore I'm going to manifest not ain't talking about love this time. I am not, I am not going to manifest, uh, another track, uh, that I have been trying to get on for quite some time now. Instead, I'm going to manifest something from the old good old album. Fuck, uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge. I want right now. That's what I want. That's that's what I'm I'm aching for. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm in a, a piano mood and uh, or maybe it's just because it's a really solid Sammy era track. I don't know, uh, but I'd like to hear it. I'd like to uh, discuss it. So there you are. Those are our manifestation predictions, our hopes, our dreams. Will they be what dreams are made of? Or will our dreams die because the spinning of the wheel is fickle and uh, we never know what she wants to give us. So, uh, Corey, if you're ready, uh, Gino's ready. David's ready. I'm ready. Hopefully Sammy backstage is ready. So whenever we can, let's spin the wheel. All right. Well, I know uh, Gino, uh, he, I'm, I'm a New York Giants fan. He's a Jets fan. My team is much better than his team. So in honor of Gino, we're <laughs> going to shuffle this thing. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, we're all shuffled up. Here we go. Here we go. Interesting what's going to go to. Fair warning, center swing. Center swing. All right. Nobody picked a fair warning song, but is everybody happy here? Oh yeah. Well, it uh yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not angry about it quite yet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'll keep my opinions to myself for now. There you go. That's right. You keep don't want to tip your hand, but uh, suspense. May let's talk a little bit about fair warning. Uh Gino, you mentioned uh you know, you kind of start off on the Sam year and then kind of went into the back catalog. What were your uh, initial thoughts on uh, fair warning? This was you know, my introduction to da- uh, the Dave era and like just front to back this album was just solid. I was like could not believe that I'd gone, you know, almost 20 something years, you know, living without hearing that album before. Uh, Center Swing, I mean, like I said, Mean Streets, that, that's just front to back, phenomenal album. Oh, well, you know, it's I, this is not one of those albums that was on my uh, regular spin rotation or anything like that. But of course, I mean, this is this is the infamous album of Unchained. So it's, it stands to reason that I would enjoy a lot of it. Uh, but most of my listening to this album has come from what we've covered here on the show. And then, uh, and then w- now that we have, now that we have the songs down pack, I can go back and listen to them now. Cause as you know, Corey, I'm not really listening to a lot of Van Halen ahead of what we record. I don't want it to influence. I like to, I like for things to be organic on here unless uh, you know, I've just, they're just songs that I just absolutely love top to bottom. So for me, fair warning has a lot that I'm still sort of just, all right, I don't have extreme familiarity with it, uh, but uh, due to the show, it's grown. And uh, I really do like what I've heard from this album, so I'm excited to talk about Sinner Swing. How about you, David? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, um, in terms of fair warning, I was already familiar with Mean Street, like, like the songs that I think a lot of most Van Halen fans were familiar with, Mean mm-hmm. Street, Unchained hear about it later and so this is love and i've always dug those songs so it wasn't until like i mentioned earlier after when i started actually to uh go all the way with van halen in terms of just listening to them all the way through back then uh that was when i uh um 
yeah, I was, that's when I was exposed to center swing, not just the uh, big singles, but like I said, I'll keep, I'll keep the suspense going. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into it, uh, it's time to play my favorite game. How many times did Van Halen play center swing oh, in their right. career? Uh, we're we're going to start with, uh, we're going to start with Mark. Let, let, let's give the guests a break here while they formulate their answer. Remember, this is price of price is right rules. You have to get yes. closest to the actual number without going over. Mark Kameyer, how many times did Van Halen play center swing? 130 times. 130 times. All right. David Lee Smith. I wanted to say $1, but I'll just say <laughs> um, I'll go maybe uh, – I'll say 70. 70. All right. Gino? I'll go on the high side. I'm going to say 211. 211. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, we have a winner, and it's David Lee Smith. Van Halen has played this song 80 times. Oh, about that? And all in 1981. So they only played <laughs> this song on the Fair Warning Tour. I was going to say, yeah, I was like, that they're only promoting the album with this song. So, <laughs> so ahead. even if I were to say, just put one dollar like they do on the price is right, I still would have won. You still would have won because they yep, both went over. Won. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's spin a little center swing from 1981's right. Fair Warning. Bring it. right away you know center swing it's uh he's letting you know ahead of time like what you're in for and uh the band goes literally in full swing uh, i i love that i love this intro it definitely does swing <laughs> it's right in dave's wheelhouse it's that you know he's scatting just singing he's he's got a big band behind him in his mind right now he doesn't have eddie mm -hmm. Allen's mic back there good call absolutely yeah. yes uh, yeah Right away, um, the band is completely bringing what the title says, Center Swing. Uh, this is, I think this is the boogie rocker of Fair Warning because there's always like one of those ZZ Top influence style boogie rockers that, because um, they were big fans of ZZ Top uh, since mm -hmm. they covered a couple of their songs back in the club days, uh, yep. especially uh, um, Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers during the Us Festival, which is a cool performance of that, I got to mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's always one of those boogie rockers on each of their albums like um, Bottoms Up, I'm the One from VH1. Uh, no, not the TV channel, VH1, Van Halen one, I should say. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, take Your Whiskey Home. Those are just to name a few. So yeah, this is the boogie rocker of the tune, I must say. Yeah. It's the party song. And I thought it kind of weird that Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins uh, kind of used this song as an example, saying that Fair Warning was dark and aggressive. And I know lyrically, it kind of gets a little dark, but musically, you know, it's it's kind of a party song. Oh, yeah. Complete swagger, for sure. 100%. The band is bringing up the rear, the menace is loose again. She looks so fucking good, so sexy and so brave. Something got to bite on me, I'm going straight to hell. She looks so fucking good, so sexy and so frail. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Bring, yeah, you tell, you tell it, Dave. That's right. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out. You tell him, Dave. Give me, that's, I think that's why... Um, a lot of the Dave fans, because, you know, they want to hear like the Dave like brings the attitude and the swagger in terms of, you know, like I said, Dave era Van Halen is more like the balls out rockers. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Sammy era didn't do balls out rockers, but I think uh, uh, I want to say maybe 90 percent of the DLR catalog is more attitude and balls out rockers, I would say, because of stuff like this. Mm. Uh, just one other thing completely off topic. I love how the website lyricsfreak.com spells out fucking, but sexy they have to blurt out. On, on yes. Right? <laughs> I was totally going to point that out. Fucking is fine, but yeah, they have the yeah. asterisks on sexy. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And, and we had a lyrics uh, site that showed us play splat and bone for a fucking lyric. Try to take the fear. Wearing out my wild 
Now you, you like ragging on David Lee Roth lyrics, Mark. What do you think here? It's interesting that you just point that out because I was literally just thinking, I wonder when Corey's going to ask me about this uh, <laughs> and the time has come. Uh, no, actually, I, I'm not going to rag on his lyrics for this one because these these lyrics are not nonsensical. Um, he's actually uh, he's telling a bit of a story here. So uh, and when Dave wants to do it, he can do it pretty well. Uh, there's nothing to say he can't do it. And I I have retracted a lot of my uh, earlier uh, uh, biases uh, towards his lyric writing versus Sammy's because neither one of them are capable of of uh, being perfect. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but no, the, these lyrics are fine. They they fit. They absolutely fit the music. Has anyone read uh, Hunter Thompson's book, Hell's Angels? Because it's believed that these lyrics were inspired uh, by Hunter Thompson. I have, actually. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to have to like rethink. Well, I could see that. Yeah. I could see some of it. Uh, what about our guest here, uh, David? <laughs> uh, thoughts on the lyrics? Oh, it's just a typical Dave, like uh, like Mark said, telling the story. Because that's what that's what Dave excelled at. He was he was good at telling, you know, coming up with a story. And then um, um, he's very intelligent with his wordplay and his choices. Um, yeah, it's just basically uh, telling a bit of a story uh, about, um, you know, like with the lines, uh, like he's trying to deal with like some sort of woman, but not just, you know, <laughs> it's kind of difficult for me to put this really. Cause you know, I'd have to be in his DLR's mindset to really get a feel of like, like you'd have to ask him what he really means here or just, um, you know, like type in what's the meaning of this song and whatnot. And, um, I'm not really the expert of analyzing lyrics, but, um, obviously it must have something to do with a woman, obviously, but yeah, it's very, very intelligent. I must say. Yeah, if you want to get in Dave's mindset, you're going to have to switch from something else besides Aquafina. I'll say that. Right. <laughs> um, definitely, like like you said, though, it's just the way Dave, uh, you know, the way he spills it, tells the story. It's, you know, he, you know exactly what he's singing about, what he's after here. You know, it, there's no, um, the, the word is straight. There, there's no, you know what he's he's looking at. He's looking to get laid with this song. He is, you know, pulling up on somebody at the end of the night after the show you're coming back to the hotel with me there's no gray area exactly thank you The working title for the song was Get, 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 Get Out and Push. All those gets, they were all yeah. included in the title? Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah I was I was just going to uh, comment. You can't have a fun swing like this and not throw in Mikey's high vocals uh, and Eddie's, but uh, it, just, it would just be missing so much if, if Michael's presence vocally was, uh, was not clear, you know? Oh, we're kind of to a great solo here. Probably one of the more... One of the more frantic ones uh, from the record. Let's check it out. Yes. All right, Mark, your thoughts on the solo? Ooh. <laughs> it's like it happened so fast it's like wait did it happen <laughs> like wait what, what where did it go <laughs> no it's there it's it's very uh, uh present but the song moves at such a quick uh tempo and such a quick pace that that solo could easily have just disappeared under it all um and i'm not that's not a a, a knock on the mixing or anything like that it's just I don't know. I, maybe it was because I was so engrossed in it and I just expected it to be kind of one of uh, Eddie's extensive solos. And that just didn't happen. It just, he just went, Nope, here you go. You get a little bit of this and then I'm out. All right, back to it, back to the swing. Uh, so I'm kind of on <laughs> a throne for a loop. I'm sorry. It's one of those rare times where it almost seems like Eddie was trying to keep up with Alan Mike, you know, kind of. it was, it was yeah. frantic. He was, you know, he was just playing and the two of them are just right there in the pocket. 
you know, moving as fast as they can. And Eddie, it sounded like Eddie's trying to keep up as only the master can. Right. I mean, cause like I said, this is the, uh, this is the boogie rocker and boogie rockers are normally very up-tempo and pretty fast. So, uh, mm -hmm. you're going to expect a, a typical, typical Eddie, typical EVH, uh, clinic, uh, masterclass really with this in terms of a, a song like this. Like if you were to hear the solo, like say, say I'm the one that's a clinic in and of, in of itself right there. And, um, uh, you know, it's just like um, whenever he did that solo, it's like all those tapping slides that he throws in that fretboard. I, I, his his fingers were completely the calluses. I think were about to come off uh, with that for, after that solo for sure. Unless V, you know, uh, since EVH was like the tinkerer kind of guy, I wonder if he was like uh, like when Stevie Ray Vaughan would uh, shred his fingers. Um, uh, after Stevie would shred his fingers, he would uh, stick his calluses back on with super glue. Yep. After EVH did that solo, I think he did the exact same thing. I don't see why he wouldn't. <laughs> I found a quote here from uh, Guitar World uh, that says, uh, an aggregated groove constantly shoves the song forward. Dave's urgent vocals suggest a Lothario on the prowl, and Ed's frantic, slightly sloppy solo feels more like a panic attack with rapid-fire <laughs> tapping and hammer-ons barely constrained by six high-tension wires. <laughs> that is accurate. That's an that accurate sums it up pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. That's because, it, it, like I said, it moves so fast that it was it just... Was it really there or did, did we all just imagine that it was there? It's like everything just happened so fast. It was like a, a train wreck, but uh, in a good way, a good train wreck. And in that same article, uh, Eddie uh, is quoted as saying, that was a spontaneous first take. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, it. Anybody doubt that, Gino? Nope, not one second. Taking <laughs> my head here. <laughs> Me neither. I mean... Someone who is as masterful as Eddie, I wouldn't expect anything less out of him. No, nope. like any any of the guitar greats you could think of that says they did a specific something in one take, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. All right, you sinners, that's Sinner Swing from Fair Warning. There it is. There it is. Uh, full, full Rothisms on total display uh, on, on this track. So uh, it's a, if for so for all of you very pro Rothers, uh, uh, eat, eat it up. Eat it up because there it is. Uh, and there's another one down from Fair Warning to uh take off the list we've done it uh but now comes uh everyone's favorite part the uh the 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 part where we can really explain how we feel about the song are we going to disappoint everybody or are we going to agree with everybody here it comes down to the voting uh gino david you guys are our guests for the evening so we're just going to start with you we're going to start over with you david uh would you consider Sinner swing and all of its glories, what dreams are made of, or for you, is the dream over? Just kidding. That's my shtick. Quit stealing my act. <laughs> hey, I try to be funny too. Hey, I didn't hear you say that was now. your thing. I didn't hear that. <laughs> but <clears throat> like this is one of those uh, uh this is pretty much like what i really enjoy out of any on that 
distinctive brown sound that Eddie Van Halen had. The backing vocals, especially, we didn't really point out that much for the backing vocals. Like whenever they do the the pre-chorus and the cor- the pre-chorus, especially, I love the pre-choruses. Like whenever they would they would start with the backing vocals and then DLR answering those backing vocals is just wow. And like I said, this is the boogie rocker of the album, and I'm a sucker for their. I'm a lot. I'm a sucker for a lot of boogie rock. So this pretty much checks off all the boxes for me. All right. Well, there you go. We got one up uh, from David and uh, Gino. We go to you. Would you say that uh, you agree and this is what dreams are made of, or is the dream over for you? Yeah, I love this song. Uh, calling it a boogie rocker. That, that it's a perfect fit for this. I mean, yeah, I, we didn't get a chance during. Uh, of course the song to hit the Alex Van Halen appreciation button. So I'm going to do it right now <laughs> the whole time in the pocket. And he's, you can almost see him on stage, just staring at his brother, like, come on, keep up fucker. Let's go, you know, <laughs> spot on the whole time backing vocals on point as always. And even Mike, you can hear him a lot higher up in the mix too, with the bass. Um, and then Dave just doing his thing. Like we talked about, like, you know, just whether he's got you know three of them or the big band behind him, he's, out there rolling it off this is absolutely what dreams are made of for me two for two all right so now we come to you Corey. uh would you disagree or do you agree what say you yes or no come on it's sit or swing this is one of my favorite tracks from fair warning and and an album that's kind of got a little darker tone to it uh, you know, like you said, this is the, the party rocker on the album and the boogie rocker. And I'm a big ZZ Top fan. I, I get what you're saying. And this absolutely fits that bill 100%. Um, some of my favorite Van Halen tracks are from this album. And this is absolutely top, top tier fair warning for me uh, is, is uh, Sinner Swing. There, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. And I love what Gino said about uh, you know, Alex kind of saying, keep up with me, fucker. Because we've had a lot of different examples of Alex kind of throwing a little something extra in while Eddie's playing like a little extra roll here, a little, you know, syncopated drum uh, maneuver, just something to kind of differentiate mm-hmm. himself. He didn't do that here, right? Him and Mikey are just driving the train forward and like daring Eddie to keep up. I, I love that, that comment. Cause I agree hundred percent. That's exactly what it was. And it's absolutely what dreams are made of, but Mark Meyer, the contrarian, mm-hmm. the man who hates everything David Lee Roth ever did. What did you think of center swing? Is this what dreams are made of? Or is this dream over? Well, when you put it like that. There's not a lot to add to it other than what everyone has said and what you've heard. Uh, Everyone loves fun rock Van Halen, right? This song is 100% fun rock Van Halen every step of the way. Uh, As I mentioned, you get all your Rothisms, all the things that you love, everything that David does really well. He does it really well in this song. Um, and, th- and that includes lyrics. When he wants to write good lyrics, he writes them well. So uh, while this is, as Corey said, very uh, kind of dark in terms of uh, lyrical content, the the atmosphere and the vibe of the song is fun because it's a swing. It's right there in the title. And how can you not have a smile on your face when you're listening to some good rock swinging? That's my question to you. Uh, and you get back to me on that. But uh, we've done it. There it is. Full clean sweep. That's what dreams are made of for sinners swing. So yay. Give yourselves a round of applause, everybody. We did it. We It's not often we get to do it, but we did it. So there you have it. Corey, anything else to add? Glad to be back. Glad to have spun a, a fair warning song and glad for Sinner Swing and glad to be part of the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Maybe we should go through the shows that you can find on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Uh, we have uh, myself, John Mariano, and Scott Haskin uh, doing a little show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, John Mariano and myself do a show called Backtracks Theme Music, uh, where we're talking all things uh, music and movies. Um, Scott also does a show, uh, Uriah Heap, the Magicians Podcast. They have a new album out, so he's breaking down that entire album on that show. Uh, Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast will be on this show in just a few weeks' time. Uh, the Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, Terry T Bone Mathley at T Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, uh, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. 
uh, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest cast. Clay and Rye at North by South podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking everything Megadeth. Kevin at the Tom Petty Project and Seaside Pod Review with his good buddy Randy. Quinn at And Volume for All. And Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. If you uh, want more information on our little show here, you can follow myself at C.D. Morissette or uh, Mark Kameyer at Mark the Bat. And you can check out our website, website, excuse me, www.podcastwillrock.com. Uh, we're just settling on a date for the February live show. We're going to call it fucking February. And we're just going <laughs> to post a link. Whoever wants to come on, come on. We're going to spin the wheel a couple of times. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to have a good fucking time. So look forward to that in the coming weeks. Yes. It's always a good time when we go live, even if it uh, just all comes to a crash at the end of it. It doesn't matter. It's always a good time. Everyone has fun. Uh, I want to thank Gino and David Lee Smith for being on the show today. Gino, uh, if you got anything you want to plug, let the people know what you got going on, man. No, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, at Hickey Gino. Just find me making snarky comments on the the polls, just shaking my head at, you know, jump and beautiful girls and dreams and all the fucking things these people just keep downloading for God knows why. <laughs> That's uh, you, you got me. When you figure out that mystery, please let us know and keep us informed because uh, the people are up to something. Uh, David, how about you, man? Uh, not much. I'm just on uh, Twitter at Davey Lee Smitty. I'll go ahead and spell that out. Capital D-A-V-E-Y, capital L-E-E, capital S-M-I-T-Y. That's all one word. Uh, you know, just making silly comments about stuff. And uh, I do have a YouTube uh, as well, the same username. Uh, if you all want to check that out, then go right ahead. Then please be my guest. So that's all I got. There you go. Once again, thank you guys so much for being on the show, for contributing your thoughts, and, uh, and you're spreading your love of Van Halen. Thank you. That's that's all we try to do on the show. We try to just spread a little bit of love about this band that we enjoy. But remember, folks, we're not experts. We are not rock historians or whatever you want to call them. We just are simple fans talking about a band that we like. We're not all going to have the same opinions. Matter of fact, we are going to have opposite opinions a lot of the time. That is what makes us uh, individuals. But the difference is we get together, we find understanding, we find common, common ground. And it's easy to find common ground in a band like van halen because it's all just a cavalcade of good music even when it's not so great it's still pretty damn good and that's what we're all about spreading the word of pretty damn good van halen we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later later